What's up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening to the Carmine Davis Show. What is up? What is up? What is up, everybody? Okay. Um. Okay, I ain't gonna hold you. Okay. It's a lot to get into. I don't got much time. I'm trying to go down and shop with my girls. Um, and they trying to take me to the discount mall iPhone on that today. So I got to hurry up. Like, I, I'm i nervous. I want to get some oils and some shit. You know, maybe even a Parada bag or some shit like that. I don't know. I've never shopped um, at a swap meet before. I've never bought, um, like... Um, what is it called? Um, imposter? Like, what is it? I don't even know what it's called. I've never bought, like, knockoff brands before. So I'm excited just to see what I come up with and, like, how much money and just, like, a quick throwaway outfit or some shit like that. Like, ideally, I want... I'm going to Mexico, so I just want some really nice slides to go in my collection. But I don't want to break the bank farm. But I don't want no fake Gucci or fake Prada. I just want a nice-looking slide. Like, that's all I really want. I don't believe in wearing knockoff stuff like that, but you never know. I might go up there and see something I really like and might snatch it and y'all not going to clock it. Y'all not going to know it from what y'all bitches on Instagram. Get away with it for y'all been getting away letting these rappers and shit get away from with it forever. So whatever. Don't clock me. Anyway, um, before I get into that, uh, make sure you follow, rate, subscribe, review and re- um, rate this podcast. I don't do it for my health. Um, and we're just going to hop right into it because it's a lot to unpack. Okay. Last time we talked what happened child bill cosby got out that is crazy as hell okay um bill cosby defiantly declares his innocence after being released from prison uh bill cosby proclaimed his innocence in a tweet after being released from his prison wednesday um and included a photo of himself raising his right hand and his fist i have never changed my stance nor my story i have always maintained my innocence the disgrace the disgraced tv star wrote and this is from of course lovebscott.com shout out to lovebscott.com um thank you to all my fans supporters and friends who stopped stood by me through the ordeal um, special thanks to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court for upholding the rule of law. Cosby 83 added, referring to the stunning decision issued hours earlier that vacated his conviction and three to 10 year prison sentence. He has he had spent the past two and a half years behind bars after being convicted in 2018 of drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constand in 2004. Let's be clear, because we may have gotten out of prison on a technicality, but that man is not innocent and that's what i want you guys to understand um people are like shouting and talking about how justice has been served and all that which to a certain extent i get that um with the technicalities and all that but i want y'all to get this out of y'all's head um and i talked about it previously on another episode um where i talked about um, his wife and how she was rallying against him. And that's what you should. And I've also talked about it with, um, it made me think about Jesse Smollett and his, um, sister journey. Like, ideally I understand that when you love someone, you only see the things that I, I don't know. I just, I just never could put nothing past nobody. You know what I mean? Like even you could be my best friend, you could be my sister, you could be my brother, you could be all these things, but I'm not putting nothing past you. You know what I mean? Like, he's still a man in Hollywood. Like, and I believe these people, why are all these women, why would they all lie 
And people are like, oh, well, they waited forever. What difference does that make when you come clean or when you come? It takes victims years to understand what happened to them. There are things that happened to me yesterday that I'm just now gathering and being like, oh, this happened to me. You know, like, oh, yeah, you know, it, it. It doesn't work that way. And I feel like people are so insensitive to things like that and issues when it comes to relating to women and all that. They always think that women are sneaky and conniving, which I feel like there are is a, there's a sense of um, calculation involved with any lawsuit, um, anything that comes into play. Sure. There could have been an issue with payment and they he'd, he'd been paying these people off for years. That's the, I feel the same thing that happened with R. Kelly. Um you know, years and years go by and, you know, that money stops being the motive anymore. And you want this person and justice to be served. Times change. You see people going through similar things that you've gone through. You start to realize that, wow, maybe those thousands of maybe dollars that I was receiving to shut up about the situation was not worth it. Do you know what I'm saying? Or that dries up and you're like, okay, no, it's time for you to pay. I don't think Bill, I don't, I, I, there's, I don't understand because he sold us p- pudding pops and we saw him on TV. For, most, of the, most of the people who we've seen um, commit these horrible crimes are people who are in our homes. These are people who are, whether they're our uncles, our cousins, our brothers, what difference does it make with some man on TV? And it, I, like, I don't, I, for nothing, like, not for nothing, I don't want to bash. Bill Cosby, even though that's what it's coming out to sound like, but it's the reality of the situation. Bill Cosby is far from innocent. Bill Cosby did these things. What is it? Prequeloids or whatever? Like, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Like, come off of it. Like, I don't know. I, I, it, it makes me sad because this is also like now Britney and that whole, this whole situation with Britney Spears. And we talked about this enough on the show. Um, you know, of course they denied, um, her getting her father off of her conservative ship and all that. Now, um, this just in Britney Spears was invited to testify in front of a Congress, um, by Matt Gatz and other GOP Congress members, which is, Great. I want her to keep escalating this. I want her to... Because this is... There's something... You mean to tell me that there's no technicalities that could be seen if Britney Spears wanted to get out of her conservatorships? Like, why is this like... Why would Bill Cosby get away from drugging women and raping them and Britney Spears can't have a baby? I don't know. Okay, so let me read this article. This is from Billboard.com. This is just coming in or whatever. Um... Now, this is, we're done with the Bill Cosby thing. We're moving on to Britney. Um, keeping you updated on the Britney drama. Okay, I just got a text message. After hearing Britney Spears' revealing testimony in front of Los Angeles Superior Court last week, Rep. Matt Gatz um, extended an invitation to the pop star to be heard in front of Congress. 
On Wednesday, Gats and fellow Republican Congress members Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, Burgess Owens, Utah, and Andy Biggs addressed a letter to Spears about how closely they've been following her conservatorship with deep concern and what they want to do to help. The United States Congress could hear your story and be inspired to bipartisan action. What happened to you should never happen to any other American, the letter reads. Your, you, your story is so powerful and the admiration for your achievements so great. You and perhaps only you can blow the door wide open giving hope to millions your life liberty and happiness have been taken from you please take advantage of the empowerment that public congregational testimony can unlock that yeah public that public congregational testimony can unlock in march gats and gop congressman jim jordan wrote a letter to judiciary chairman jerry nodler and requested the hold federal hearings that he hold federal hearings about conservatorships to examine the system as a whole while taking a closer look at Spears's case, which they described as the most striking example. Moved by the growing outcry from the Free Britney movement after the Framing Britney Spears documentary premiered in February, the two wrote, it is incumbent upon our committee to convene a hearing to examine whether Americans are trapped unjustly in conservatorships. Vivian Lee Thorine, attorney for Britney Spears' father, Jamie Spears, issued a statement in response to the congressman's to the congressman on behalf of her client. Jamie Spears has diligently and professionally carried out his duties as one of Britney Spears' conservators, and his love for his daughter and dedication to protecting her is clearly apparent to the court wrote the statement to the entertainment tonight. Spears told a different story during her court hearing last week when she told Los Angeles Supreme Court, I mean, Superior Court Judge Brenda Penny, um, I'm sorry, uh, that she thought her father deserved to be in jail for how much he has overworked her and threatened her if she doesn't comply. I would honestly like to sue my family, to be totally honest with you. She said, I also would like to be able to share my story with the world and what they did to me instead of it being hush-hush secret to benefit all of them. I want to be able to be heard on what on what they did to me by making me keep this in for so long and it's not good for my heart. Gats, Green, Owens, and Biggs underlined throughout the new letter that they would like to be able to provide Spears with a proper platform to do as she wishes. Um, many others have used their fame to advance social, political, and criminal justice reform. We hope you would choose to accept our invitation to express your interest in speaking to Congress and to America for the sake of the justice you and many Americans deserve. Concluded the letter signed by the four congressmen, your life story and tremendous performing talent has continued to inspire people all over the world. We stand ready for your reply. We hope that you will express interest in sharing your story. We stand with you, Brittany, whatever you decide. Um, Billboard has reached out to Britney Spears' attorney for comment. Um, I'm going to put a link of Gatz's um, letter, too, in the description box. Um, that's an amazing step towards this. And I, I feel like I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand how how is all of this happening? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how is there no technicalities? Like, uh, some shit that happened to her twenty fucking years ago, damn near. You know what I mean? I don't know. 
something or nothing. I don't know. I I don't understand the I don't know. It's clearly it's clear that Now, okay. I am happy that Bill has is a black man and we got a little lenience on what happened to him. Um, but Bill did it. It's not the same thing. People keep using that as an excuse of, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement, we should be celebrating Bill's. No, we're talking about, when we talk about Black Lives Matter and the outcry that we're having for the judicial system and the police and all those, those are people, innocent people being killed or being treated unfairly under the court of law, not someone getting away with raping women because they're black men. We want the justice system to work for us. And I feel like it should also work for women as well. I don't know. What do y'all think? Am I, am I tripping? Tweet me at Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. I don't have time. Child. This is a lot. Okay. So all right, so we, you know, the second um, segment is always dedicated to the artist spotlight. Um, this week is no different. Um, we uh, talk about artists, um, groups, bands, um, albums, concerts, series, uh, concepts um, that pertain to music that I respect and I love. And um, this week I watched um, Mary J. Blige's Amazon uh, documentary, Amazon Prime documentary, which was great. Um, but it was a little, one thing I will, it was, it was in celebration of her. It was called My Life. And of course it was a reflecting of the My Life album, which is her magnum opus, you know, um, the, her most notable album. I felt like if you're not, a, if you don't know much about Mary J. Blige, you would love this documentary. But if you're a real Mary J. Blige fan, it's kind of same shit that we've heard from her multiple times like we know this stuff about mary you know what i mean like if you're a real fan of mary like you know all of this stuff but it's good to see it and good to see how far mary has come um but me and my friend we were talking about it last night and you know he had never really or he's heard the mary album i mean the my life album but he didn't really understand why it was a big deal you know and i was first i was like taking it back i'm like it's the my life album but then i thought about it i was like it really is not Mary's best album. Mary J. Blige has okay. Let's run down some numbers really quickly. Um, Mary J. Blige has had how many albums? Um, I don't know. I feel like Mary could be celebrating so many different albums. She's had thirteen studio albums, thirteen, and out of thirteen, I know at least five of them that I feel like are just as good as my life and to me i want to narrow those down in a kind of what the, the the albums what they mean to me and how important and impactful they are as a true big mary j blige fan and someone who relates to her someone who she who and she's such an inspiration to me you know i love mary you know she's everything to me so i want to kind of break this down 
in a sense of not knocking my life. I do understand because at that time, like I was explaining to him, that had never been done before. A woman coming up on these hip hop, soul, funk beats and making these songs cry is, is something that had never been done before. And she told so much of her life and so much of her pain and anguish on that album. And I, I, that, I literally, that is like, I'm just as the breakup and everything that I've been going through, you know, I, um, you know, I relate to it. And so I understand that my life is her, pioneering album her out coming out album or the album that solidified her as a genre like created the genre of hip-hop r&b soul you know what i mean so but i think that mary has so much to offer like we should be celebrating other albums too as much as we like there should be a share my world documentary there should be a no more drama and i'm gonna narrow them down okay so my number one favorite album of mary j blige's is not my life it is mary the mary album to me was everything it was released august the 17th 1999 um on mca uh it, it changed my life mary the mary album showed me it was so supple romantic it was mary in a way that she had never done before there was hip-hop beats to it but it even musically, it impacted me so much. The the stories, the the orchestrals, her playing with sounds again and, and, and taking away from the hip-hop beats and becoming grown and sexy. Um, Beautiful Ones, um, Sexy with her and Jadakiss is one of my favorite songs. Um, Your Child, um, uh, Time. Uh, this album, to me, is Mar- uh, Mary J. Blige's best album give me you deep inside all that i can say as um from the start to beginning beautiful ones is the song that i want to get married to like it is everything that's exactly how i picture love being and sounding like like it's amazing to me from start to finish um and a mary the mary album to me even the the visuals that she released for it was incredible how she looked, she was breathtaking, she was on. You know what I'm saying? My fourth favorite album was My Life. And because My Life to me was just so... I, I, to me, My Life just makes me want to go, mm. The whole album, from the start to finish, um, with even the song "You Bring Me Joy," this woman loved this man, and I know what that feels like. With Capricorns in love, man, it's something different. You know what I'm saying? Like how we love and how we we you know, it's different. It's a when a Capricorn loves you, it's a different type of love. It's a almost desperate type of love. You know, it, it it's a I'll never tell you how much you mean to me physically to your face, but you will see I'm always there and I'm not going anywhere from the time I met you to the time you die. You know, that's how deep a Capricorn's love is. You know, I might not fuck with you, but I love you. And and when you find, like, I, I remember in a documentary where she talked about how much she loved Casey 
And I remember thinking to myself, like, I related to that because, yeah, this nigga had problems, but there was something in her, him that made one thing I could speak from when she said, I, I don't know, I don't remember the exact quote, I have to watch it. But she was like, I loved him. She said she knew everything about him, but the way he loved her and the way he made her feel, she'll never forget that. And when we hold on to someone, we hold on to people who, for how they make us feel. Because we aren't really hard on ourselves. Capricorns are, are very hard on themselves, especially Capricorn women. They are very hard on themselves. And when you have someone who liberates you and sees you and they love you, and then also you, that person when they're raw with you. There are people in my life right now that have no idea that they're still in my life because I saw them cry that one time. And I, I remember there was this particular guy that I was talking to in college who I loved. I loved him deeply too. I, I, you know, when you think about your college love or your high school loves or all that, you, you, you grow up, you kind of like diminish them or be like, I was in puppy love. No, I loved this nigga. I still know I love that nigga because he cried in front of me. He was crying over someone else. But I remember seeing him and I laughed at him because I'm like, oh, you're so weak. But in my mind, I remember thinking to myself, I would never like, make you cry like that. Or you would never cry like that again as far as I'm concerned. And I'm going to take care of you. And I did. I physically was always there for him. I wasn't the nicest person. But these words that Mary put into my life album was everything that I feel. And that's why I love my life from words to beginning to the end, from even the, from the beginning, um, all night long, the way she adored this man, she was talking to one man. She truly adored this man and she loved him and she wanted him to stay. She probably never asked him to stay. I remember seeing the interview when she, Casey was talking bullshit about her or whatever and like how he wasn't married to her and how he wasn't thinking about her. And she was like, move on. Like she, but in her heart, that nigga, probably still to this day, Casey has a place in her heart. Because it's real. When we love, we love real. And it's none of that fugazi bullshit. Like, no, I mean, I still love you. Like, I still love you. I just can't fuck with you. And that's... But that My Life album always reminds me of that. Okay, so number three, my third favorite album by Mary J. Blige is Share My World. Um, Share My World came out. Um, when did Share My World come out? Share My World came out in 97, um, April the 2nd, April the 22nd, 1997. And I loved how polished everything was on this album, how it was a Mary J. Blige album. Um, sonically, it was it pushed, it was current. It's got I Can Love You with Lil' Kim. I can love you. I can love you. I can love you better than she sitting here. Wondering why you... Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Everything... Um, and everything video that stylistics sample is haunting to me. Missing you seven days. <laughs> Sin said, my best friend Sin said, um, <laughs> he was mad about it because why were they grown asses playing truth or dare? Like, and he brought up a good point. Like, why was y'all? <laughs> 
Why was her grown ass sitting up playing Truth or Dare? And um, I love um, the even the album tracks, Round and Round, and um, Get to Know You Better, um, are some of the my favorite Mary J. Blige cuts. Okay, um, number uh, four is um, my f- number four favorite album is No More Drama. That came out August twenty eighth, two thousand and one. Um, I think that album to me. Every packaging, I know that was one of the first Mary J. Blige albums that came out. I think it might be the only one that's come out in multiple packs. So, you know, back in the day in the early 2000s, like when they were having problems with selling records, you know, they would re-release, repackage Japanese expansions like the um, North American, uh, African, Jap- you know, like it was all different type of um pressings of an album and every pressing that I ever heard or every bonus track that I ever heard from that No More Drama album was just as good as every song on the album one thing I loved again about the of course the No More Drama album because it was chock full of hits um, at that time she didn't play around that she dropped Family Fair of course the title track No More Drama you know Family Fair is Mary J. Blige's biggest you know number one song it was a worldwide hit um and we needed that i feel like right at that time we needed no more drama um the no more drama remix to me i feel better than i felt before cause there's no more drama in my life no more no more no girl i love no more drama and then um steal away it's just that ghetto, ghetto. We still ghetto. PMS, uh, keep it moving. Destiny, um, where I've been featuring Eve. Beautiful day, dance for me. It was just full of hits, like like never been in the meantime. I never been touched like this. I never been. Said I never knew it felt like this. I never knew. Girl, I get, that album is everything. And it was grown. Pardon me. Excuse me. Give me me. I can't help it. But I won't. I miss the Elliott on the pen, honey. Girl, that was a good album. Testimony and Forever No More. Testimony is one of my favorites. It's going to be a... That album saved my life. If y'all knew it, me as a kid... In 2001, I was a baby. Like, I was a child. and But Mary J. Blige raised me. Like, she really did raise me. And No More Drama was that album that I felt like it was a hug to me. Like, a warm hug from Mary. Where my life was the pillow that I cried onto. No More Drama and and um, was the pillow that... I mean, not the pillow, the arms that hu- and, and held me. Do you know what I'm saying? Um... Mary's music did that to me. Like she saved me. She's she's an integral part of who I am. And that album was a part of that too. Like, you know, move on. It's gonna be and be happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, and so number five was what's the four one one. And I feel like that album to me was one because it was a staple. Because it uh, people say Mary J. Blige created the sound of mixing hip hop and R and B together with those hip hop beats and all that, but Misha Lay actually did. But we not who you know. But like, the point of it is, is that Mary J. Blige made it concrete and gave it a def- defining 
sound and a face um, and a style. Uh, What's the 401 brought a style to the forefront. There was no woman that looked like Mary J. Blige who had the background that Mary J. Blige had and was upfront about it. Um, Just even with images that I see of Mary J. Blige. um, What's the 401 came out? um, 1992, July the 28th, 1992. And it was, it's full of hits. Like that's one thing I love about it is that it's full of hits from start. The track listing is stacked. Um, Reminisce, Real Love, You Remind Me, um, Sweet Thing, Love No Limit, uh, I Don't Want to Do Anything Else, uh, My Love, the whole, what's the 411 with Grand Poopa? The whole album is full of hits. Like all of those were huge songs, like big songs. They still play on the radio. And like people's debut album don't hit like that. Like her album hit like a Mariah Carey album. Her album hit like a Whitney Houston debut album. Like that is exactly what it represents to me. Like it's the same thing as Mariah's debut album or Whitney's debut album. Um, Mary doesn't get the same like look because she is hip hop, you know, influenced and it was Mary. But I feel like, the What's the 401 album is her Mariah Carey album. Does that make any sense? Like, or the, the uh, Whitney Houston album. It's the album that kicked the door down and it had so many hits and defined a time and kind of brought us onto a wave that we've never been able to get off of. Think about it. Mary J. Blige has so many daughters. Ella May, um, uh, uh, who else? Alicia Keys, her, um, uh, just to name a few. Like these are all her daughters. Like so many people came after her. Um, even in the early two thousands, there were so many women who were just like Mary J. Blige, direct descendants of Mary J. Blige's legacy. Women who were singing their heart out and their pain and doing it on top of hip hop beats that were a little rough around the edges. Who had things happen to them and they wanted to sing about it um who didn't think that getting out of their situation was an option all they can do is sing you know these bitches may not read or write you know what i mean but they know how to sing and they know how to make people feel and that's what mary j blige is and it's important that we protect mary j blige i want people to stop focusing so much on my life even though my life should deserves all of its roses but mary j blige's catalog is insane she is, I think of her, like, just like Whitney Houston and Mary, Mariah Carey and Celine Dion, them bitches all have a catalog that is bulletproof, that is a steel catalog, like Janet Jackson as well. You could sit, literally sit, sit there and see these bitches perform for two hours and they are singing hits after hits in medley formats, like just hit after hit after hit after hit. And Mary J. Blige has that. We know this, but we talk about the My Life album so much that I feel like people forget how that this bitch has multiple iconic albums that define every time she came out with an album, she had a different look and changed the fashion game. She changed the way we listen to music. We changed the way bitches were singing. Major Blige is still singing hip hop hooks. She's true to this. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's why I want Mary's discography to have its roses. Not just the My Life album. We love My Life. We love it. It is, to me, her magnum opus. But it is not her best album. And with that being said, we're moving right on. Tweet me. If you disagree, 
tweet me at Carmine Davis. Um, Twitter, um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. And if you're new to the show and you're just tuning in, uh, maybe you were scribbling through or something like that, make sure you follow, rate, subscribe, and review this show because I don't do it for my health, okay? And while you're at it, go to CarmineDavisShop.com slash, uh, no, no, CarmineDavisShop.com. <laughs> Get a t-shirt because we're doing a little, we got some new stuff coming for y'all that way. But anyway, we're going on to the next segment. The third and final segment is the love, relationship, and sex segment. Um, it's a spicy segment. We talk about some stuff that might make you cry, something to make you wet, you know, something that makes you think. And this one is no different. Okay. So ghosting is very real and I feel like it's something that is becoming ultra acceptable, which I feel like is crazy. Like I feel like people do not have any problem not telling you what their problem is with you these days to the point where people who tell you when they have a problem with you is a problem. And I feel like I don't understand why people would ghost when they could just keep it real. Okay, so this is an article from um women's health mag.com you know we are an equal opportunist show but you know we love our women and we love women health women's health um why do people ghost in relationships here's what experts say um most of these don't warrant a second chance okay so here's a scenario you're talking to someone for a while they seem super interested in you and then poof the communication comes to a screeching halt if you've ever been ghosted before then you're probably familiar with the play-by-play according to a 2018 study from a journal of social and personal relationships out of the 1300 people surveyed a quarter of them had been ghosted by a partner and a fifth reported ghosting someone themselves while the term ghosting sounds like a harmless prank you play on halloween the act itself is super hurtful you've established communication you've established rapport regular lines of contact and all of a sudden that person just leaves and you have no way to contact them explains natalie jones um basically that person holds all the cards in terms of a line of communication she adds and then can leave you feeling disregarded undervalued and just plain crappy so why do people ghost after all how complicated can it be just to text i think you're a great person but to be honest i don't think we're compatible because um insert truth bullshit reason here um that's all you have to do to end things without completely disappearing yet so many people will choose to leave you hanging instead according to jones someone's reasons for ghosting you likely has to little to do with you at all instead she explains that it's often a sign of their own emotional immaturity attachment issues and more we don't we're gonna um listen on to see why your last so might have pulled a disappearing act one there was someone else um it's a hard pill to swallow but the person who ghosted you might have been seeing other people at the same time they were seeing you and when things started getting serious they sensed that you wanted a commitment or there was a reoccurring fight about meeting each other's friends they fell back and moved on to the next person joan explains harsh but also, unfortunately, true. Two, they're emotionally immature, aka they're a bad communicator. This person definitely made promises that they couldn't keep, Jones explains. Maybe they said they'd love to go on a trip with you and they inflate. Being emotionally immature is all about the these inconsistencies between the, the what they say and what they do. The expert adds, it's the inconsistency that usually takes charge when they're ghosting you after they already said they were ready to settle down. They're not interested in committing to you. Sometimes it takes a date or two or a few to get a read on somebody. And when a guy or girl decides early-ish on that they're not 
interested into you, and not that interested into you, not that into you, they might disappear. His line of thinking might be that he doesn't owe you an explanation since you hadn't been in messing with each other's feelings for long enough to really warrant one. Or it would be that she doesn't think she can give you what you're looking for in particular. Um, it's the role that they're afraid of. They're feeling like they can't live up to the expectation of fulfilling the relationship with you, Joan says. And in this case, you don't want them anyway. Four, they're going through something personal. This is one is an occasionally justifiable reason for ghosting someone, in my opinion. And um, one that I think you can bounce back from. Let's say you just started talking to someone and their close friend dies and they don't know how to unload all of this on someone new. That situation can warrant a second chance. There's just need to be solid proof that they've done the, the work or that they put in the time to actually change and work through whatever issues that they have. Joan says, and you, the person who was ghosted, would need to actually forgive them. Otherwise, you'll end up getting back together. And every time you're in a fight, the ghosting will come up again and nobody would like that. Five, they're dealing with anxiety. Um, generalized anxiety often stems from fears, including abandonment or not being perfect, which can easily trickle down um, to one's relationship. And so because the person is anxious in love, it can be very difficult for them to settle into or get comfortable in a relationship, Joan says. They might actually do things to self-sabotage, like ghosting. Six, there's safe there's a safety concern in a relationship. Let's face it, sometimes someone might ghost because they feel that they have no other option. By the way, it's not just women who feel unsafe in relationships. 49% of men have experienced at least one physiological aggression behavior by an intimate partner and Four out of 10 men have experienced at least one form of coercive control by an intimate partner in their lifetime, according to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Sometimes the only way to walk away from a toxic relationship is to just disappear, Jones says. Seven, they don't want to get too attached. Um, maybe the person you're seeing moved around a lot as a kid or grew up in a chaotic family environment where people were always moving in and out of their lives. Jones often sees these early adolescent experiences play out in current relationships. They learn very early on that people, places, and things weren't stable, Jones explains. And as a safety mechanism, they try not to get too emotionally attached to any one person, place, or thing, i.e. not your fault. Eight, they got what they wanted from you. This is, I fear, very common. People use people, Jones says. They... That could mean financially, sexually, or in the workplace. Once they feel that they've accomplished what they wanted to accomplish, they'll disappear. And the truth is, they weren't really ever interested in a relationship with you. You were kind of approached under the guise that they were, Jones explains. From the bottom line, if someone goes to you, there could be a good reason for it, but it might also be a sign that they're not ready for a relationship, in which case you shouldn't waste your time on them either. I hope that helped free some people. It helped free me a little bit. Y'all, I mean, what a crazy fucking week. I feel like I say that every week. <laughs> what a fucking crazy week. Bitch, y'all, what the fuck are we going to do, honey? What the fuck are we going to do? What's going on? What's going on? Anyway, okay, y'all be blessed. I got to go shop, get some um, a fake Louis bag or something. I will chat with y'all next week. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all and um, be blessed. Bye.